I'm ready. All right, here we go. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ello Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More as so But tonight... Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Foot suckers and fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Explosion. Overpowering. Over the competition. I'm towering. Rack is shot. When I drop these lyrics that I make you call the cops. Don't you dare stare. You better move. Don't ever compare. Me to the rest that are all get sliced and diced. Competition's paying the price. Give me some high school flashbacks here. I know that's that's Roy actually rapping there. I I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's him. All right, uh, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast, and this is episode seventy three. Uh, with me always is Richard. Sometimes is Richard. Always is Roy, but Roy's not here. And always is Roy. This is Roy, and I'm not on this recording. Always is Adam. That's what we should say. So there you go. I think it'd be great if you guys did an episode without me. I don't. We know. tried to last time when your power went out. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. It, it normally wouldn't take this damn long to do an episode. <laughs> we were gonna do one like two weeks ago, and right as we started recording, I lost power, and then I yeah, it, like Roy and I were already on together. Like, where's Adam? <laughs> I lost power for like thirty six hours. It was crazy but yeah yeah it's whatever but uh yeah but uh, mississippi is really nice in in the summer with no power i've heard oh yeah look I, I can't tell you like how many times this week that i've just been like anytime i go outside and just do a little bit of exertion i'm just <laughs> pouring sweat and i'm like oh okay what's it like to live up north where this isn't there where i'm just dying you know just ugh, it's, ugh, it's gross anyway so uh you know i i kind of thought about some things i have really sent a lot of stuff out there with the podcast now so there may be a one or two people that are new to this and like who are these people i found this or saw it up at a sign and whatever and uh yeah so uh, i guess just generally we're just a podcast that talks about tabletop gaming board games and miniature games and yeah that's it and yeah. i mean we're just yet another one just, that's us yeah it's just yeah just some old white dudes that have a podcast you know le we're legally required if you're white and male you have to have a podcast it's a thing i don't know i don't know why it is but that's the way it is but yeah yeah i think i saw sometime uh when you're when you're white and you turn 40 you have to choose either <laughs> golf podcasting or barbecue <laughs> yeah and it, it's always well it's just me and my friends hanging out talk, <laughs> talking about craft brews so um, yeah i don't know we got a you know, a decent enough following to continue. And I like it. You know, people will email like, hey, uh, are you guys still going? Are, are you going to do a show? And I'm like, oh, that thank you. That means a lot. That's good. That thank you for actually messaging me. And uh, I guess, what is it like this time next month? We'll be at uh, Historic KC Fest. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're like exactly right around a month out. Yeah, at least two thirds of us, Richard and I will be there. Who knows what Roy, Roy Roy may surprise us and just show up. That would be a surprise, actually. It, it really would. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that will be, um, I guess, the first Wargame Con I've been to since Dadgum, right as the pandemic hit. I was in Dallas for uh, Con Sim World Dallas. 
and I remember it just being weird, you know, you know, having to do hand sanitizer and stuff and running into guys that were like, oh, you don't shake hands? Okay, whatever, that's weird. And then, you know, six months later, <laughs> it was all super weird. But yeah, yeah, so that'd be the first one. I mean, past that, we had Mississippi Comic Con um, this past weekend, and eh, eh, <laughs> uh, it was, look, okay, when you do a con, wherever you are, and it's kind of a clusterfuck, and, you know, you have lines of thousands of people outside the building. Yeah, I saw that. But it's Mississippi, so it's like... 100 degrees with 80% humidity and look okay I don't like cosplay it's not my thing but I have mad respect for those dudes that dress up in a full cosplay and stand there in the sun you know in in, in the south I saw one dude in a okay you know what like SCP is it's that you know SCP no I don't it's uh, it's it's kind of like a creepypasta thing where they just talk about this. It's this organization that deals with like weird monsters and stuff like that. And is it, it, so, it's an anime or a comic book or what is it? It's just made up, just period. Oh, okay. But it's like popular enough that people just contribute to it. There's, okay. there's like a wiki and all these different monsters that do weird stuff like you know the the one that's like a coffee cup that if you look away from it it becomes you know it eats you i don't know just weird shit like that anyway there was a dude in a full scp security guard outfit and so it's all black from his shoes to the helmet he was wearing including a gas mask and gloves (laughs) solid black and i was like damn just mad respect for this dude it has to be a thousand degrees inside that outfit and he's like well this is my cosplay so yeah Mm. you go that's your better dude than me because i would have been like nope so yeah ah uh i mean it's to me mississippi comic con has become like one of those kind of corporate cons where it doesn't really cost that much to get in and the guests are okay. The biggest one we had here was Billy D. Williams. Are you familiar? Yeah. Are you familiar with him, Richard? Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you know the guy with the uh, Colt Forty Five commercials. Yeah. You know back yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. I think he was in some other. Trilogy. He was in some movie that I think I saw once. Was it a trilogy? I don't know. Maybe. Eh, I, don't I don't remember. Know. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, he I think was, I've heard of him, though. He was, like, kind of the biggest draw. And then you you get people that are, like, um, uh, shaking pitchforks at, like, how much it costs for... Okay, let me ask you this, Richard. Like, to get their autograph, Yes, you yes. Okay, Richard, yeah. what would you pay for a Billy D. Williams autograph? Okay, that's not a fair question. The question is, what do I think Billy D. Get, gets for an autograph? Sure, okay. Because I would not, I mean, if if he was sitting at the table next to me at the restaurant, I don't think I would ask him for an autograph just because that's not the type of person I am. But what I think he gets for an autograph, I'd say 250 Oh, shit. Okay. Well, Richard, come on down to Mississippi and save yourself $100 because it's 150 bucks. Yeah, I mean that that doesn't really surprise me. He's he's a big name and he's Star Wars, so. Okay. And you know, I uh, I mean my thing is like I'm like, okay guys, be be smart. It's like Billy D 
didn't decide, hey, I'm coming down to Mississippi to do this, and I'm going to charge 150 Most of these bigger-name guys are contracted by a company who sets his prices. They pay yeah. him X amount of dollars to come down there, and they turn around and take whatever percentage of money from his autographs and pictures and whatnot, and that's how they make money. So, yeah. Just interesting. Uh, I know I was like, eh, you know, I wasn't, you know, interested in him. However, for like the first time ever, I Doug, I was interested in another one, and it was Doug Jones, but he canceled. He was Saru from Discovery to me. I know he's been in a hundred other things, particularly Buffy the Vampire Slayer and everything else. Anything that you need a really tall, really skinny, creepy guy, he's the person you call. Yeah. So, but he canceled like two months ago. So I was like, Yeah, eh. the St. Louis one, I don't, I don't remember seeing it even this year. And definitely last year, I wasn't paying attention like before, you know, if they announced anything before it got canceled. But a couple years ago, I remember looking at like the list of who was going to be there. And it was all like, I mean, it's, it probably wasn't like this exact person, but it was like on the level of like Kaylee from Firefly. You know, it's not, you're not going to get Mal. You're going to get Kaylee. So okay. it's it's all people like that. Sure. Yeah. Now, I will say what made me laugh. Um, a few a few years ago, they had Barb from Stranger Things, from the first season of Stranger <laughs> Things. Okay. All right. You know who that is, right? Yeah. She's the one that, the, the one that got killed in the pool. Right, right. She died, you know, whatever. And uh, she was charging the exact same amount <laughs> as Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Yes. So, and everybody laughed. It's like you're charging that much. You're not a 13-time world champion. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was just funny, but, uh, uh, but yeah. I mean, it was really crowded and everything. And my wife was like, "Man, you know, what do you think about all this? You, you think it's safe?" And you know, there, there, literally, it was like two percent of people were probably masked up. But yeah. I, and I was like, well, honestly, like what I had read earlier was like the it was it's like ninety nine percent. And of course, OK, I want you to remember this is just, you know, this dumb tabletop podcast. Please do your own research. Don't take anything <laughs> I say as gospel. But what I had read was that. At this point, about 99% of COVID deaths are coming from people that are unvaccinated. So, yeah. So, I think I, it's even higher. It's like 99 and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable, you know, in, in going with it, you know, at that point because, you know, we're vaccinated. And, you know, and of course, I know, which, okay, this made me actually think of something. And I was, what would be the percentage? If you didn't know anything without actually knowing the actual numbers, what do you think the percentage of people would be vaccinated at a just your average Comic-Con? I It made me think, and I was like, well, I mean, by and large, uh, I think people that go to a Comic-Con are literate. You know, yeah. so, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, I, I would say, I would, I, I would well, risk. Well, nationally, where are we? Somewhere around 60%? Nationally? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I would I would go under that because it's a younger audience. 
Well, I think younger people are smarter. I, I, I mean, I, you heard it here first. I, oh, we just lost all our octogenarian audience, Adam. <laughs> like, ah, oh, damn it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> He's not going to talk about SPI. I don't care. It's just, fuck that guy. Uh, I mean, I would, I mean, of course, I guess I'm being whatever the opposite. And op, I was about to say, what is it? Adam. That's what you're being. I, I'm going to be an optimist and say, <laughs> say 75% would be vaccinated because it's, it's a younger audience yeah. and i would argue that well maybe they're smarter and etc that's also an audience that's actively seeking out a group of people in a room together so they might be more likely to get it just because they know the risk is going up but who knows but i, I mean yeah absolutely right who knows nobody asks. if you're a new listener i would say this is the segment where we talk out of our ass but that's pretty much a whole show so <laughs> i mean yeah i mean truly if you could just listen to us i mean it's about us as people. You follow along <laughs> to f- find out what's going on in Richard's life. What's he doing? You know, that's the whole show. That's what it is. <laughs> we call it, yeah. I don't know. We call we call it chance, chance of gaming. It really should be all about me. Yeah, it is. But I mean, honestly, if you want to hear like reviews and shit, head over to like History on the Table. So yeah, they'll, they'll help. Hey, you those out. guys have recorded twice since our last episode. They're uh, on the ball. Ah, uh, that's bullshit. That's total <laughs> bullshit. Anyway. Uh, so uh i guess we talk about like tv shows occasionally this is this has happened and yeah and tv shows is kind of weird because you and roy keep turning me on to tv shows and i really enjoy them but the problem is then you guys are like way ahead of me and i feel like we can't really talk about them so oh so so like my wife and i were watching for all mankind and and i've been watching mythic quest and i actually just today or yesterday i think actually turned her on to mythic quest and she's loving it now so so i'm actually just kind of starting over i was about a few episodes into the second season now we're kind of starting over just so i can watch it with her but that show's so good okay have you got to the part in from all mankind where batman shows up no (laughs) okay Okay. that's coming so you'll love that anyway so i'm just joking that seems like that should be a mythic quest (laughs) i know that well he shows up there too that's honestly that's like my my go-to spoiler joke is like whatever we're talking about i'm always like well, I think it was a brave choice for them to put, <laughs> put Batman in the series, but you know, whatever. But oh yeah, Adam, uh, Adam West playing himself like he does <laughs> on uh, Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, God rest his soul. Uh, uh, yeah, um, myth. Oh yeah, I thought Dark Quiet Death was really good, but the uh, yeah, great the, episode. The origin, the, uh, the origin episode they did of CW was just as good, and I was just like, damn. Ooh, I don't think I've seen that one. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to say anything more of it yeah. than, like, wow, like it the, was uh, great. I know? like the lockdown episode. That was funny. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, it ended It's really just well. like every lockdown meme from last year in one episode, but it was well done. It's really true. And, I mean, honestly, what make to me, a lot of what makes Mythic Quest so good, if you've ever played an MMO, you know, it's... Oh, yeah. It's I played the, World of Warcraft for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, I One thing I have up here... I discovered this series called Wizards and Warriors. I know how super generic is that, <laughs> but what turned me on to this was um, so they've cracked down at my day job on streaming. So like <laughs> everything is like locked out, and so I was like, oh yeah, you know what? A hundred years ago, I bought the entire series of Taxi on DVD because it <laughs> it was on sale. So I'm like, I'll start watching this. 
And I start watching it, and uh, I get a few seasons in, and I'm like, well, what else has Jeff Conway been in besides Babylon 5? And apparently in 1983, he was the lead in this series called Wizards and Warriors. And, oh, so uh, this is from 80, 80s, whatever. Yeah, yeah. A- 83. And I'll have this linked in the show notes, and it's just, it's so ridiculous. You know, everybody's got big hair, you know, and all this stuff. It's very crawl like if you're familiar with that movie and uh, if oh not, yeah if not you should watch it because it's it's really yeah fun. that's a movie that i really loved as a kid and i'm almost afraid to watch it again because i think i would watch it and go what the hell was i thinking uh yeah i, I don't it feels like it's not gonna hold up you know what i mean uh, i could see that but again i haven't <laughs> watched it in forever i just remember it i just remember as a kid you know it being kind of like frightened and appalled by like how dark it was in, in comparison yeah. to like other sci-fi stuff that I had seen, you know, just, it was almost really scary. You know, all the stuff was happening, you know, and just like, wow. But still that daggum ninja star, the dude had, I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go. Okay. Uh, this reminds me of uh, a thing. My friend confessed to me, him and his brothers used to do. All right. This is South Mississippi when you're poor and bored. This is the kind of things you would do. These, uh, it was like him and it's like his three brothers. They're in their backyard and they found a saw blade, or like a rusty saw blade. So, yeah. f- for f- <laughs> so for fun, what they decided to do is one of them would take it, throw it up in the air, and then everybody else would run away. So, there you go. There you go, okay. kids. I know. It, Did uh, anyone survive? Yes, they they all live to adulthood, but I think there's some scarring, you know. But, <laughs> you know, there you go. It's just, uh, yeah, you know, a lot to say about like the education system here in the <laughs> South. So, That's uh, how you learn about gravity? Uh, yeah, yes, it, it, gravity is a harsh mistress. So, <laughs> now I see listed under here, Bright posted this in the show notes. Somebody uh, tagged like Mister Wizard. I love the shit out of that guy on um, uh, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And apparently, uh, now that when I became an adult and the internet was invented and like looking him up and like it all started as kind of like a PBS public access show where this, this local, I don't know, it's like Philadelphia or somewhere, physics teacher decided to start doing, you know, various, you know, science experiments to kind of get kids interested in it. And that was kind of neat. And, uh, see, the other thing they have listed here is Voyagers. I don't know about that. I don't know anything about that. Uh, or, okay, Logan's run the series. I'm familiar with the movie. Yeah, and I've never seen either. I didn't know there was a series. I remember the movie. I remember watching the movie and being like, wow, there is a whole lot of nudity in this. This is awesome. And, you know, as a kid kid and being like, okay, kind of a little bit lost in the message of ageism and, you know, whatnot. And then is it you or Roy that was watching Mosquito Coast? must have been Roy. I, I noticed it on there and I heard someone else talking about it. So it's on my list, but I haven't seen it. Okay, so he says this feels like it's been written the same way as Lost. Mm, okay, if is that good if, or a bad thing? Well, uh, th- <laughs> I, I liked Lost, but the ending was not great. Me, so. t- me too. You know, but hey, if there's a smoke monster in uh, Mosquito Coast, I'd be interested. 
Okay, and speaking of Lost, it is I a... noticed that the characters from Lost show up in a lot of other shows. Like, it's very common that I'll be watching a show and I'll see a character and be like, where have I seen that person? And it's always Lost. Uh, yeah, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. About which, because something she was watching, uh, th- oh, Yellowstone, uh, Sawyer showed up. She's like, oh my god, it's Sawyer. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the last time I saw him was in a couple of episodes of Community. Oh, okay. And it was, the paintball episodes. He was a ringer that came in. But speaking of Lost, uh, this is a perfect segue into uh, Bosch on Amazon Prime. The final season started airing. And yeah, because Titus Weller was the smoke monster on, on Lost. So. It is fantastic. It turned me on to the novels and by Michael Connolly, and uh, yeah, I love it and highly, highly recommend uh, that series. If you got Amazon Prime, it's on there. It's awesome. So, so maybe Richard, you'll watch it and be like, "Oh yeah, my wife and I love this." Yeah, once you guys finish it, I'll start it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I guess I, what we do in the show is we talk about like what we played. Apparently, Roy had been playing Dune Imperium. And I wonder what's the difference between regular Dune and Imperium. And there's another Dune game coming out that just got announced, too. Hmm. There's a bunch of Dune stuff out there. Well, that movie is about to come out, so yeah, it's kind of a thing. So I don't know. I know I did pick it up thinking to try to get my wife into playing like board games. And she's like, I looked this up, and apparently it's really hard. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I, you know, I Google it, and I'm like, oh, my God, yes, it is really hard. So, okay, sorry. And they're like, oh, yeah, it also recommends. They're like, it, it says you can play it with two players, but don't. You need at least three. <laughs> so I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Dune Imperium looks good, though. That's one that I have thought about picking up, but I've just got it's. It wouldn't fit. Like, I'm not going to solo it. It's not a war game, so I'm not going to play it with my war game friends. Although, they might still be interested in it in some degree, but I would consider that more of a game I'm going to play with my family, and the list of games I'm trying to get my family to play is already too long, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In that vein, uh, there was a sale for whatever the last holiday was, and Target put Wingspan on sale. Oh, yeah. And so I picked it up, and uh, my wife is like, why did you get this board game about birds? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like no, it's really good. And I'm like, in fact, it was... You tell her your best friend made it? Yeah. My my close personal friend, Jamie Stegmeyer <laughs> from Stonemeyer Games, uh, played it. And I was like, uh, I was like, do you remember when I went to the con in Florida? You know, Dice Tower Con? And I was like, when I first met Richard and Roy... <laughs> And I was like, uh, I was like, I played with Roy that game, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, I could almost teach it. I'm like, no, it's really good. It's educational. It's fun. But yeah, we hadn't got around to playing it yet. Uh, the only thing I've been playing in the past month has been Blood Bowl, which is fun for a uh, if you're interested in kind of a fantasy rugby uh, football type of game, and we're. Get a, going to do like a big tournament at uh, Siege of Vicksburg in October, and I participated in on a Armada tournament this past week. It was we did a two hundred point single elimination, and I made it to the second round. So, and 
yeah, didn't make it past that. Other than that, I've been playing uh, Mass Effect, which is a fantastic video game. The uh, I know, I gotta play that one too. Someone gave it to me. I know, some cool person gave it to you. And uh, look, it's been my, like my favorite, absolute favorite franchise of the past 15 years. And I love it so much. And I have thoroughly enjoyed going back and replaying the remastered version. And uh, yeah, so it's great. And uh, yeah. So what have you been playing, Richard? Uh, recently I played a game called PAX Pamir. It's a Cole Worley game. Um, there's a whole series of PAX games. Um, PAX Transhumanity, PAX Emancipation, PAX Perferiana, PAX Pamir. I'm sure there's more. Um, but I've only played a couple of them. PAX Pamir and PAX Perferiana, both of which I really like. Um, it's a tableau builder. Um, it's set during the, uh, I guess the 18, 1900s in Afghanistan. You've got, basically you've got... Um, Afghani warlords, you've got the Russians and the British, and they're all sort of trying to seize control of the area politically and militarily. Um, I'm describing it like it's a war game, but it's really not. It's a tableau builder. It's got a Euro feel to it. Um, But you just you try to get different patriots and abilities and stuff like that onto your board so that you have more abilities and more things you can do. There's a couple of different axes of control. There's different suits that can be played and cards that can be bought. And um, ultimately the game, you know, it, you get points by being uh, on the side of whoever is in charge. So if, if the British currently have dominance when it's time to check the score and you are really good friends with the British, you're going to get a lot of points. If you, if you're friends with the Russians and the British are dominant, you're not going to get any points at all. Um, if no coalition is dominant, then it's basically just done by the number of of discs that you have out, whether they're spies or tribes that you control or gifts that you've given to the coalitions or stuff like that. It's a really good game. Um, once you know the rules, it plays easily in a couple hours, so it's it's not doesn't take very long. And I like it a lot. It's got a solo bot too, which is interesting. It's Never as good as playing against other people, but I find that it does do a good job of scratching the itch. All right, you said Cole Worley. Uh huh. Cole Worley. He's done like vast crystal caverns, I think. He's done Root. Root. Yeah, that's yeah. Obviously, how to miss that one? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's done quite a bit. I don't know. That's like a not a real name. It seems like like the. uh, the, It always reminds me of the NASCAR driver Dick Trickle. (laughs) <laughs> who, yeah but cole wordly doesn't sound real but yeah yeah oh no yeah that sounds pretty cool so yeah pax premier and if you like that um i would also suggest you try pax perferiana which is set uh in the late 1800s early 1900s in mexico um and there's you know you get influence of like mexican politicians and the u.s even comes into the game but both really good games similar mechanics but different enough that um, you would actually, you can't just like play one and, and jump into the other one like you would a coin game or something. Okay. And then we had some friends over and we played Hail Hydra again, which I talked about a few months ago. I think maybe around my wife's birthday we played that and it was okay. Um, we had more fun playing it this time, I think, because we kind of knew the rules a little bit better. Still, it's kind of a flawed game. Uh, I think it's too easy for Hydra to win, but if you're not really concerned about winning, you just want to kind of sit around the table and have fun and, you know, try to figure out who the bad guys are. It's, it's a fun party game to play. Um, I was going to say, I'm very curious as a mechanic, do you have to decide who has America's best ass? 
<laughs> no, that's I think that's the expansion. Okay, I got you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, I I this this the this time when we played, I was Hydra, which it's it's a random draw at the beginning, um, but I had a lot of fun just playing the part, trying to deflect blame on other people. At one point, Avon sort of gave up one of my fellow Hydra people uh, just to get the suspicion off of me, which felt very Hydra-like, I think. Ha! Yeah, that, yeah, that is very true. Yeah, and then the last time you guys recorded, I think I said that, you, I think I heard you guys say that you thought I was playing a GMT Hex Encounter game, but you were only half right. <laughs> it was not a GMT game. I was I was playing Prague at the Empty Triumph. Uh, this is a series of games. Um, who makes that game? I can't think. I'm drawing a blank on their name. What's the name of the company? Uh, Clash of Arms. Clash of Arms games. They make a series called Battles from the Age of Reason. Excellent, excellent games. Beautiful maps, interesting rules, lots of random effects. I mean, it just really does a good job of of setting up that you know, sort of Age of Reason infantry and cavalry combat. Um, it's mostly like Seven Years' War, but there's a bunch of games um, – even into the the American Revolution, so I don't have any of those games. The only one I have is Prague, but it's just such a fun game. We didn't play the whole game. We only played for, I don't know, maybe like four hours in the afternoon or something, and got a few turns in, and then put it away after that. If you wanted to play like the whole thing, it would be one of those where you'd have to play uh, at a con or set it up and keep coming back week after week. But great, great games. Okay, uh, a couple of things there. It's like number one, that is a very good point. A hundred years ago, we did make fun of Richard as uh, possibly playing something. <laughs> why it wasn't on there. I had forgotten about that. And then yeah. uh, the other is, oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Seven Years' War. It was like, uh, to me, Seven Years' War is like, okay, we're doing Napoleonics, but we're not as pretentious. We all kind of, <laughs> we have the tricorn hat, nothing big, you know, and yeah. just kind of deal. So... Yeah, that does sound like a really cool game. Yeah, and this one, actually, Prague, this one is not seven years. This is Austria-Prussian War. Oh, so okay. Even earlier than that. But I think I think they go all the way up. I know they have games in the American Revolution, and I think they have a bunch of games all throughout that, you know, hundred-ish years. It, it's all pre-Napoleonics, though, like yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. Just looking at it, the what they're wearing and stuff like that yeah. just reminds me of that. So, anyway. Yeah. And then I've been playing a small game. I don't think I've mentioned this guys to you guys before, but Innovation. Have I told you about that? Uh, I'm going to say no. It's a tiny little card game. I mean, it's like 18 bucks on Amazon or something, and they've got it at Miniature Market as well. It's just a tiny little card game, basically the size of two decks of cards, and it is so captivating. Um, you can play anywhere from two to four four or five maybe players um but you just you deal the decks out and and the sort of gist of the game is that it's all about innovations in human history so like the steam engine uh gunpowder castles theology all stuff like that um and you play the cards and but it, it i mean the the theme is that of like a civilization building game but really it's it's another tableau builder you put out the cards in front of you and you just have different abilities that you can use to to take things away from other players and score cards yourself and it's just such a wild game it's got a lot of randomness um it's it's very much like screw your neighbor um in that you're, you're gonna play a card <laughs> that's gonna, like take cards out of their score pile and put them into yours so it, it's very cutthroat but 
it's very fun too. It's um, I'm I've been playing it a lot on uh, uh, I can't board game arena. I couldn't remember if that was on Yucatan or BGA. That one's on BGA, uh, and I've been playing it at home with my family as well. Okay, that's cool. And then on my war game table, I had Korea, the Forgotten War, set up. I actually just took that down recently. I played the invasion scenario for a while, um, and it's an OCS game, which is by Multiman Publishing. Um, but it's I might – I don't want to say this for sure, but I think it's the only OCS game that's not set during World War II. So it's set just a little bit later during the Korean War, and it's just so good. I mean that the supply rules are just slightly different. Um, if you've ever played OCS before, you know the main part of the game. It's an operational game. It's all about moving supply, having supply where you need it, when you need it. And for the Allies, you know, the South Koreans along with the Americans and all the other – the British and everyone else that jumps in to help them out, um, they basically have an infinite amount of supply, but it's in Japan. And you have to get it from Japan to Korea. So instead of wondering how much supply you're going to get this turn, it's more about how are you going to get the supply from Japan into Korea. And you've got different ways to do that. But um, that's what I think is the the coolest part about Korea. <laughs> uh, it reminds me, I have been um, watching MASH on Hulu. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. I just started watching it, and I remember as a kid, uh, my parents just absolutely loving it. And it, of course, it famously, uh, you know, went on longer than the actual Korean War. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. So I, of course, I kind of, you know, being this is, you know, twenty twenty one. I kind of hate uh, uh, shows with a laugh track. But oh yeah. Does MASH have one? It's been so long. It I, does. I, I mean, I, I guess I should just assume that it does. But It absolutely does. So, you know, so, you know, it's just interesting. So, you know, whatever. But yeah. And then in RPGs, I'm still playing Warhammer Fantasy RPG. We're just continuing on that campaign. Surprisingly, no one has died yet. We've come close a bunch of times, but no one has died. So we're keeping on, keeping on. Mm. So uh, what is your character, by the way? Uh, his name is Detlev Shrimp. He <laughs> is, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I only know that from Parks and Rec. Detlev Schmidt. So there was an NBA player called Detlev Schmidt, and that's where I got the name from. But his yes. name is Detlev Shrimp or something like that. Yes, yeah. I only know who that yeah. is based on the show Parks and Rec. So yeah. Because yeah, it, I think I did a random name generator, and Detlev came up as the name, and then I, I wanted because I made the same connection in my head, but I didn't want it to be exactly that, so I made something close to that. Okay. And he's uh, he's uh, he was a student who dropped out of school, briefly became a uh, a, um, a grave grave uh, grave snatcher, and now he's working for a criminal underboss collecting debts. Oh, so, so he's all over the place. So he is debt debt lev shrimp. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Depth that collecting. Okay, all right, got you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so the next thing we have is our sponsor, Mike from alterdementia.com. I'll have this linked in the show notes because he spells it a whole weird way with like a three and a D and an I and an M. It's a whole weird thing. And I have him currently printing me some skeletons so I can play Age of Sigmar. And uh, yeah. 
Pete will print all your cool stuff. You can use this nice discount code of COG2019. So just head on over there and uh, tell him what you want. So there you go. So anyway, so on to what's on a radar, and I'm going to hope I press the right button. Do I? Oh, yeah, I did, and it was too loud. So I'm going to bring it down right here. Yeah, it's what's They're going to know we're there. I know. What's on our sonar-esque, you know, kind of thing? Uh, the first thing we had was 7TV finally released their fantasy system. And I own a bunch of 7TV stuff because they do really cool pulp stuff. Uh, up to and including kind of modern stuff. They also do, you know, all the cool, weird uh, British shows that you liked. They kind of put figures out for and rules and whatnot and yeah so kind of interesting to see where they take this rule system with fans and this is a this is a skirmish game not an rpg right yes yeah okay it is a skirmish game and uh yeah so do they do their own minis or is it bring your own or what they do their own but of course it's it's always bring their own you know you can bring your own because they sell like okay if you want to do this like here's the cards for the characters and you know whatnot and yeah so just kind of neat just wanted to kind of bring it seven tv seven tv they're out of britain so it's been kind of weird to get stuff where, well, how's Brexit doing and going from euros to pounds to dollars and to, you know, didgeridoos or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. So, anyway. So, uh, the next thing we had was Slide Mania. Did you put this on here or did Roy? No, must have been Roy. Oh, uh, must have been. This is a digital, or it could have been me, and I just forgot about it because it's been like a month. Digital Board Game Interactive Slides Template. So this allows you to actually do kind of a simple digital board game via like Google Docs or whatnot. And uh, yeah, we'll have this linked in the show notes so you can like check it out. See what you can actually build with it. I know you could easily do like uh, chess and stuff like that with it, but I don't know if you could do something kind of complex like wingspan or something. So hmm. uh, interesting. Yeah, it is. Uh, the next thing we had, which dadgum is speaking of digital board games. I, I know it's okay. This has been, we've been trying to put this on for a month or so. So here we are with three days left to go as of this recording, which means if um, the Lord is willing and the Creek doesn't rise, You'll have about 36 hours to actually back this. This is ARC Doom Tabletop RPG from Exalted Funeral. So it's kind of neat looking and, you know, OCR, which is old school role playing, old school renaissance, whichever you want to kind of take a look at it. And Exalted Funeral is, you know, they're right up there. They are at the front of the whole old school renaissance. And this is their latest one. So... Uh, what's the, they, what's the biggest thing? Oh, they did have, oh, dadgum, they had a $500 limited edition, and with a handwritten message, PDF, the stretch goals, 10 community copies, and, uh, yeah, just one backer, though. That was actually yeah. taken, and then 
the retailer tier is 150 and okay so for 60 bucks you get the hardcover the pdf the stretch goals and a community pdf that appears to be what people like and 617 people have backed it so there you go i never really played a lot of doom i mean i have played it but not not a lot well, see, I wonder, does this have to do... I don't think it actually has to do with the video game. Oh, is this something different? Yeah, I think it's just kind of a... Uh, That's just what they call it. Mm. Yeah, just what it's called. But, and of course, looking at it, does this do a... Okay, ARC is a role-playing game where heroes defy the cruel doomsday clock to save their world from a looming apocalypse. Rules light, tension heavy, dripping... With deliciously dark art, yet lovingly written for all story makers at heart, now on Kickstarter for a limited time only. So, uh, yeah, as we take a look at this, uh, okay, they want... So that's a kind of neat mechanic. So they've got, you know, you only want to play four hours? Good, the clock is set. That's, that's a cool mechanic. Yeah, it is. And uh, they just look, they innocently wanted just a measly seven grand and as of this podcast with three days left to go they're up to sixty six thousand dollars so yeah i mean i can't even imagine just doing something like hey richard you want to do this you know rpg yeah let's put it together just toss it out there you think we'll get seven grand i don't know i i hope so if we're lucky we'll get eight and then, like, wake up one day and you're like, oh, shit, it's like $66,000. Fuck, what do we do? I guess we got to be cool. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Of course, that's... I guess the- we got to finish it or we <laughs> go to the Bahamas. Yeah, that is true. We have to steal all the money and just whatever. I don't know. <laughs> that's the introvert in me that's like, oh, my God, now people are looking at me. What do I do? I'm scared. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, speaking of... The next Kickstarter we had was Mazes Fantasy Roleplaying. And this is even better. Okay. As of this recording, you got 67 hours to do this. So hopefully you'll have about 40 when you finally hear this. Uh, they wanted a measly 11 grand. And as of this podcast, uh, they're up to $99,000. Damn. I just can't imagine to just kind of put myself out there to just do anything to be like okay this is my thing this is whatever this is what i came up with and give me 10 grand okay no we're gonna give you 100 grand Ooh, i'm scared now i don't know it's weird so the best thing okay with it you could do 200 bucks, and you get the hardcover, you get a digital version, module pack, soundtrack, a controller screen, and an online hosted game for five players. I mean, that's kind of a good deal. I mean, for 200 bucks, yeah, not bad. Yeah, you you get you and four of your friends, the people that created this game, will put it together for you. Yeah, and you get to play forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate Every night that. for the rest of your life with the creator. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd look. I, we're going to talk a lot more as we continue on into the show about old school role-playing. And, uh, yeah, so 
just kind of keep the stuff in mind how like nice and open and fun and nobody's saying okay this kickstarter is just for this type of people not this type of people so just keep that in mind everybody's <laughs> nice and open as we continue forward through this podcast because we'll talk about that in a minute all right so okay this fucking made me laugh the next thing we have uh interceptor from fossa the company that actually came out with you know the whole bullshit for uh renegade legion they invented it and blah 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 whatever uh they came out with it as of this podcast 11 days ago they want 30 grand but they've only got 12 grand so far and this is really weird because we actually you know interviewed the other people that had the renegade legion ip that are doing centurion so yeah uh this is really really weird to me what it seems like to me is they noticed this other company was like getting a lot of attention and then realized oh wait we have this ip so what if we do our own thing with the ip and that's what they're trying to do ah i mean i don't know i yeah. don't I don't get it. Looks mean, like it's a little space fighter combat game. It's got some cards for personalities and abilities and stuff like that. Which, that's what Interceptor is. And, yeah. you know, with that in the uh, Renegade Legion IP and just, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like you've been sitting on this IP for years and then you're going to turn around and wait till you see someone else getting attention with it and be like, oh, wait, we can do this too. I don't know. But as of this, they're not even halfway with 11 days to go. I don't know if they're going to get there. So, eh, I don't know. Look, my biggest suggestion to the company that currently owns the rights to FASA has been, why do you guys not sell t-shirts with the old school FASA logo? And they're like, and I'm like, okay, dude, I don't know what to tell you. That would just fucking print money. So, whatever. Moving on to cocaine and alligators <laughs> all right i found this and it just florida it, man the yes game. yes it is yep. it, it made me fucking laugh and on it, okay we talked about exalted funeral and this is like the place exalted funeral.com this is where you go to you know for your osr old school role-playing old school renaissance gaming they pretty much have everything there that is in print and I saw this listed and was like, yes, this is fucking fantastic. This is 36 backgrounds for the RPG Troika with an exclamation point. So I don't know if I should yell that. Should I go like, Troika? Or should, I don't know how to pronounce that. But anyway. And it allows you to do short adventures and a bunch of wild shit, quote unquote, based on <laughs> actual Florida man headlines and the author's experience living in Florida. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Content warning, this book is for adults only and is meant as satire. Use safety tools and keep it light and fun when you play. So, there you go. So, it's a little zine, a little RPG zine, and I had to toss it on here because you've got, like, alligator with sunglasses, a flock of zombie, an aggressive farter, and a 
cop impersonator or these are all possible NPCs that you could have in your RPG so and uh, yeah Ted saw that on here because my brother lives in Florida and he loves it he's lived there <coughs> born and raised in Mississippi he moved to Florida and he's been there long enough that he gets defensive about it like if you start talking bad about Florida and Florida man and all that he's like well you see man it's just, you know, that's just like, you know, dude, that that's not representative of like who we are and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, like, I don't know, buddy. I don't think you're being honest. So I'm just saying. So anyway. Okay, Richard, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but TSR was resurrected from the dead this past week. <laughs> yeah, I saw something about that. Apparently it got resurrected twice. Uh... Yeah, Whew. It's, this whole thing has been really, really weird. All right, what do you? What is your first memories of TSR? Uh, I guess it'd have to be like D and D basic box. Okay. Um, I honestly remember the logo more with uh, Star Frontiers than. Oh anything. yeah, which that's coming back out too. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, it's too. <laughs> Boy, is it a weird thing. Um, so, I mean, honestly, the whole history of role-playing, you can honestly uh, look at it at a lot of different uh, scholarly articles There's a great books uh, and book us. called, uh, I think it's called, I think it's called Of Dyson Men. It's a really good history of RPG. Yeah, also Designers and Dragons. is. Yeah, the, that one's multi-volume. I haven't read that one. Yep, I've got three of those. Uh, it's just really, really weird. I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's like, you know, there were a few guys that put it together, but they were under contract for with the company, and, you know, and just, ah. Anyway, so this past ten week, week and a half, uh, TSR sort of got resurrected and won. Yeah, it. which I don't know about for you, but the first thing I heard about that was about the Star Frontiers. Yeah, it was Ernie Gygax, Ernie Gary Gygax Jr. E yeah. G G J R. So as weird, <laughs> as weird as that is. All right. Uh, <laughs> decided just like, hey guys, you know, I'm reforming. TSR and you know and it was just one of Gary Gygax's sons and decided to you know kind of redo this and whatnot and uh, they talked about bringing back Star Frontiers and there was something else besides Star Frontiers I can't remember what it was and uh well, there's been I, I don't know if it's so much buzz or just questions about but I've heard whispers about a sixth edition of D&D because it's been what five six years now so maybe more than that so but I haven't heard any concrete on it I think just I just heard people like saying isn't it about time kind of yeah and uh boy is it really really weird because it was like they came out with this whole thing and they not only they just come out with it like hey we're doing this it was very aggressive in the sense of hey we're coming out with this and we're gonna be not worry about all these social justice warriors and and uh, people's feelings and you know what this and 
we're gonna come out with it's gonna be old school role playing the way it should be with like no women and gay people and whatever and just like what so it's like the fox news of rpgs yes it really really was because apparently they thought there was a desire for that and uh i don't know and again we're gonna have this link to the i mean to be honest i don't want to stray into politics but there might be i mean the, the the country is you know if you can find a niche market and advertise to that market maybe there is i don't know that is very true that has it, nothing to do with whether it's right or wrong but whether there's a market for it yes that is very very true it there could be a group of people that were like you know what i want to role play and i don't yeah. wanna, i don't want to worry about chicks with pink hair or you yeah. know chicks in you know people in wheelchairs or the whatever thing that, gets, that gets me about that though is it's not like that's not available. I mean, first of all, RPGing is as open as you want. I mean, all you got to do is go to RPG horror stories and you can find people doing terrible, horrible things. And if five kids want to sit in their basement and do those terrible, horrible things, it's still terrible, horrible, but they can do that. And you don't need to necessarily go back to old school because it's all still there. No one is stopping you from playing D&D first edition, you know? Or, or just any edition and playing yeah. it, and playing it the way you want to. But what right, I, what uh, I, yeah, I mean, you can play. There, there's, to my knowledge, there is no RPG that has ever been released that says this must include gay characters. Right. <laughs> I just think it's well, these people have gotten you know in the spotlight, or yeah. or whatever, and it's like, well, that offends me. I want to be in the spotlight or whatever, or I don't think they should be in the spotlight and just kind of go from there. I don't get it, but for whatever reason, people have really, really jumped on this and it is very, very convoluted. You will have to hop on the show notes at chanceofgaming.com and take a look at it and see, because there's not only one group, that has the TSR copyright, there is a second group who is only slightly less shitty as I can, mm-hmm. as I understand it. You know, it's really, really weird. Yeah, so there are two companies calling themselves TSR Games now. And, yeah, and, uh, like, one of them is part of the Giant Lands Kickstarter, which I was very happy to have passed on. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just really, really weird. And they're, you know, they're talking all this shit that's very, uh, mm, very transphobic or ableist and just all not good, kind of open, happy stuff. Which honestly made me like kind of look at the uh, OSR industry. And by and large, and this is just my anecdotal personal experience as just this dumbass. 45-year-old guy, white dude, that uh, has this little show, you know, and looking at OSR, it's like I have found it to be very open and accepting to people. I mean, just by and large. And maybe I'm wrong. And but You mean I, as a company or as a system or what do you mean? I think as, as a just a genre. So just, yeah. just OSR, old school role playing. And, and, yeah, see, and that's the thing. I mean, because I mean, you I'm, know, I know, I know, people are ticked off because uh, 
what's his name, Guy Gax Jr. or whatever, said some stuff that they didn't agree with. But besides the fact that people may not want to support him because of his statements, it doesn't even have anything to do with the game. I mean, RPGing really is much more about the group of people that you're with than the system or especially the company that made it. Right. That's that's my opinion. Uh, well, I, it's just like as I sit here talking and I'm looking up at my bookshelves and, you know, stuff like that. It's like I have all these supplements that benefit like Black Lives Matter or, you know, whatever. It's like they're all, you know, just kind of open and supportive of all these different types of people and, you know, and, and whatever. And that just seemed to be okay. So, and nobody was complaining. And then for them to come out and be like, well, no, this is like, well, we don't like that. And we're going to do this thing. And here we are over here. We're TSR. And this is the way it is. And like, I don't know. It was just weird to me. And, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, again, it's, I don't know. It, it, I don't understand like what the problem was, but apparently there, it, it, to me, it seems like, okay, it's like this people came out and they're like, I want to have this role-playing niche. That's kind of like an all right kind of thing, because as I understand it in the past five years, there's been some issues with the judges guild, which is a, you know, kind of a big thing with the guy that created that, you know, talking about there's, you know, only two genders, blah, 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 whatever. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird. And, uh, yeah, to be, to just to have to comment on it. And I know a lot of you guys just like, okay, I only listen to chance of gaming to listen to the gossip of the industry and whatnot. But yeah. So but that is why some people I know I know for a fact that's why some people listen to us. I know. So okay, <laughs> so here you go. It's like we'll have this listed in the show notes. You'll have a couple of things so you can go down and and have you can pay attention and they will tell you all about like what is going on and whatnot. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's the two weird. TSRs thing that'll probably get worked out by a lawyer somewhere or a team of lawyers. Uh, as far as the other stuff, I mean. Like I said, I think I think RPGs are are what the players and the GM, the participants make of it more than, you know, the necessarily the, the companies behind them. Oh, yeah. And you were absolutely right. You can head over to Reddit to our RPG horror stories <laughs> and see that there are a lot of people out there doing their own thing. And uh, yeah. So in that vein, the next thing we had was the designer of One One Upmanship compares Tom Vassell's review of his game to rape. (laughs) Yeah. So... Okay, okay. A couple things. Okay, Okay, here here are my initial thoughts. Go ahead, go ahead. First thought, what is One Upmanship? I've never heard of it. (laughs) Second thought... This reads, and I guess this is, I guess this is his blog or something. So he is responsible for the whole thing, including the headline. Yes. But, and you work in media, maybe not print media, but you know that like when a newspaper writer writes a story, they don't get to write the headline. And this, this feels like he didn't get to write the headline on his own blog because it's got this sensationalist headline. The headline is, have you ever been raped on the internet? 
And the article itself, while whiny, never says anything close to that provocative. I will say, though, in looking at it, the guy, uh, he, I'm assuming he did the byline as well as the article. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's his blog, so he is responsible for it, but that's the way it feels. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like, hey, you know, I'll do this. It's very sensationalist. Because he talks about regarding the bitter pills. But have you ever heard of this game before? No, I haven't. Neither have I. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah. And it's not even like this just happened. This happened a while ago, I think. Uh, Let's see. Looking, this was, okay, yes, you're absolutely right. This was published in February 09, 10 days before my birthday in 2021. But, you know, I will say, um, you know, we were dealing with COVID or whatever. But whatever. Reddit decided to take a look at it. And, uh, yeah, there it goes. But, ah, look, having personally met Tom Bassel. Well, I know it's older than that, though, because in the article he says, I went to Gen Con last summer. Yes, which I know people commented on that. And they're like, well, that didn't happen but yeah you did not go to gen con last summer (sighs) but um, i don't know it's yeah (sighs) i'm look reading this made me very happy it's like well i'm glad i'm not a board game designer so i don't have to worry about what tom Bassel says you know but yeah look if i wanted a good review from tom Bassel, i would make a board game like fedora the game (laughs) <laughs> it would be Fedora's versus well, Trilby's. That's what I, I would mean, do. He didn't like Brave Little Belgium, and that was not a good review, and he did not speak well of it. But the Brave Little Belgium folks did a much better response to that than this guy did. Yeah, and I hear you have that autograph. which would be I do. Awesome I, I'm pretty sure I have the only copy in the world <laughs> of that game autographed by Tom Vassell. Uh, yeah, which is fantastic. All right, so <laughs> it's like, who made Brave Little Belgium? Okay, because, right, no, 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 hold on. I have to remember my shitty Photoshop was, all right, it's Ryan Hellman, which who yeah, is, who is listening to Dave, this, and then yeah. Dave, Dave Shaw, who is not listening to this, yeah. and Richard Shapiro. <laughs> 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 they designed Brave Little Belgium. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, I would hate to be... Full disclosure, I did not design yeah. design Brave Little Belgium. <laughs> he, look, as I understand it, he was heavily involved in playtesting, but that's all I know. Uh, okay, so... And trolling Tom Basil. <laughs> it's, yeah, because we were there. Uh, remember, what was it, his little hat? had like sequins on it. okay i'm not gonna say well that. he wore a different one every day i know it, look it, whatever more power to more power. <laughs> i'm not saying anything negative if i could develop an empire based on these of gaming podcasts <laughs> i would do it absolutely i mean can you imagine okay we're going on the chance of gaming cruise you know it's one of two that I do every I year. Yeah, you know awesome like that three would cons be? and two cruises every year. Yeah, you know awesome that would be. Like, okay, the Chance of Gaming um, uh, convention in Vegas every year, and, you know, there's two cruises. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'd jump on that all the time. I'm gonna hate on that, but yeah. <laughs> I would wear a Trilby or a sequin suit, whatever. Whatever it takes. Anyway, so, 
Uh, you know, honestly, I think if we had um, Roy's Michigan wisdom right here, that would be good. He would tell us all about it. What we could do to uh, to make Michigan folks be interested in uh, yeah, the chance of gaming cruise. So, there you go. If only. I know, right? Ah, we'll see. Okay, I think we'll get, uh, what, like uh one more episode prior to uh historic kc fest yeah yeah and i mean yeah, conceivably we could do a live episode or something look i really like what um michelle land mentioned like hey you should just drive up to st louis and pick up richard and then drive over to kansas city and do a show while you're driving i don't know Maybe that'll work out. Yep. If the you... only show that the, the, the last show is going to end in our fiery death. <laughs> it's like, wow. We're... Cause we're live Googling stuff instead of driving. <laughs> we're talking about Tom Vassell as we crash into a uh, fuel truck and you know, the whole thing. <laughs> ah! Anyway. So let's see. What is next on our thing? Oh, we're on to actual news. Frost Haven is rethinking it's fantasy races. So what do you think? About so this is, this is another one that when he first started talking about this, he sort of floated it a couple months ago and this is a follow up to it, but people, there's always someone that's going to get mad about it, but I kind of like what he's doing here because, and again, this goes to my thoughts about RPGs and that an RPG can be whatever you want. So I like to sort of play off trope in an RPGs. Like I'm the guy that's going to play like an orc wizard or something or, you know, a, uh, a, a high elf barbarian or, you know, stuff like that, even if the stats aren't great, because that's what an RPG is. I don't want to be an average orc. I want to be the guy they're telling stories about. So basically, that's kind of what he's saying here is that we shouldn't really be calling them races in the first place. We should be calling them species. But I like the whole idea of, you know, you can play what you want and play it how you want. And that Frosthaven doesn't really go into that, but that's the way I feel about it. Like, why is every single orc minus two charisma and plus two constitution or whatever? Has there never been a charming orc? Sure there has. That's the guy they write the stories about. Wait, okay, you're saying there is Tom Hanks the orc? Yeah, absolutely there is. <laughs> that okay, that would be Hom Thanks the orc. <laughs> yeah, okay. And please, by all means, use this, take it and and run with uh yeah, an orc with yep. 100 in uh charisma. Yeah. That'd be great. And he's like, "Hey, hey guys, how's it going?" Oh, yeah. We just want to cross this bridge there. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Come on, Tom Hanks. Just roll right yeah. here yeah you see i think with the writing. frost yeah i think with the frost haven thing really he's just talking more about language though the language are using calling them species instead of races but i think it just has a lot to do with just the way they're looking at building their world yeah i just want to i just want to get the game it's been forever <laughs> i know i think right. i paid for that last year <laughs> and, but yeah you know it's like uh we've been here forever it's like who knows and yeah <laughs> So, the next thing we had was the best tabletop role-playings are sold online, but not through Amazon. I 
I mean, I just tossed this on here to just kind of give people a better idea. I don't know if people are just kind of who don't know this, but if you don't, you should to just be like, I know Amazon pretty much covers everything. It's like, well, I, I need a light for my bathroom or a brake line for my motorcycle. I'm just going to pop on <laughs> And Amazon. a monster manual. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but, I mean, there are a lot of other things. And, uh, look, I'm a huge fan of drive-thru RPG. And oh, yeah. Be- because it they offer PDF scans uh, at a reasonable price for a lot of stuff that you just want to read or thought about reading and, you know, whatnot. There's yeah. that. And kind of like with Steam, they're always there. Oh, yeah. You know, my laptop breaks, I have to reformat, whatever. Everything is there waiting for me. It's in my library. I don't have to worry about losing something. Oh, dang, Richard. We should have talked about uh, currently is the Steam Summer Sale. Is there, yeah, is there's there... always a sale. Probably. I'm... Okay. <laughs> that, okay. There's probably something I want, but yeah. That is a very good point that, yeah. you know, pretty much every three months there's a a steam sale i'm just curious that they're okay if you you know were like oh yeah i totally bought this or that or you know whatever just curious uh no i haven't bought anything i do want to to play the stuff you bought for me i haven't bought that that stuff yet look i i want to hear richard's uh detailed review of gary grigsby's war in the east so yeah, I've got the old one, but War in the East 2 just came out also. I'm not going to play that, but I've got War in the East and West to the originals, and I've poked around with them a little bit, but never got too heavy into them. Just curious. I mean, honestly, if you're interested in, uh, like, Hex Encounter Gaming, there is a lot of stuff, you know, you can do on your PC. You don't have to do it. But anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this particular article we're talking about, there's some... Uh, different things you could do, and you know, drag And there is one on here that I had not heard of RPG Kitchen. I had never heard of that one before. I knew Indie Press Revolution, of course, Roll 20, but yeah, RPG Kitchen, which is yeah. offering a fresh new way to try out tabletop games before committing to a full purchase. So, yeah, interesting. You can basically rent an electronic version of something. So, all right, so and then itch.io we've talked about before. Oh yeah, with, absolutely. Uh, with Roy's friend, especially. And honestly, what I I don't understand is why it's not bigger and not like higher up in the article because dadgum, every single person I run into on social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, they're like, oh yeah, try out my game. It's on itch.io. So mm-hmm. okay, so I mean, yeah. This is in the show notes. You just, you know, take a look at it and uh, see what you think. So, um, yeah, there we go. And, oh, yeah, uh, the, I mean, I guess this should not have been in, um, what you call it? Um, what's the news? radar? No, well, yeah, it should be a news, but Deliverance, the game of spiritual warfare. We've covered for probably about a year, year and a half. This is a Judeo-Christian dungeon crawler, I guess yeah. is the best way to kind of think about it. And uh, as of this podcast that we record, they've got 10 days left to go. 
and they wanted a measly thirty nine grand, and they are up to two hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars. So yeah, which doesn't surprise me at all because these guys have a very active Facebook page. Yes, um, I follow them on Facebook, and they are they're it's. They're always talking about it. Yeah, so I know. Uh, we followed this for a long time. I swear, I think I followed this from um, Gen Con a couple of years ago. But yeah, yeah, it seems like it's been a while. Uh, it took a while to to come out, but it's uh, they're they're live now. Ten days to go. Haven't decided yet on this, um, but I've got it saved. I'll I'll decide at the last minute. All right, look, uh, they had a $1,500 pledge, and it's all gone at this point. They had seven backers for it that received various uh, things. A lot of stuff, but that gum, that's 1500 bucks for a Kickstarter. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, above that, they had a $750 one that uh, they got 26 backers they have nine left to go if you wanted yeah to basically it back. jumps if you want them to paint the minis for you hmm. that's where the price jump is okay but even the base is i mean the all-in is 150 so that's that's not cheap either no but i mean yeah i'm not completely decided if i'm gonna back it or not you know i just kind of hope to see it at retail but yeah just that's where i am i have not bought a game in a couple months now, and I'm kind of getting momentum to continue not buying games and just play the stuff I have. Mm, yeah, well, that happens. All right, so uh, the next thing we had was just an article I stumbled across from 2011. Oh, yeah. yeah. The 25 worst miniatures ever made. Uh, I mean, honestly, just looking at it, it was like, uh, I mean, it's kind of a thing. It's like whether or not you've ever seen or were familiar with any of this. And uh, also, I would say there is a whole lot of it comes from the Kingdom Death line. I was just more amused by the fact that, you know, some of it or 25% of it came from just kind of some old shitty miniatures, so... I got to go with the sunbathing orc. That's my number one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I... because it's 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 low quality in every way, you know. It, yeah. It, and it... why would why would you ever want that? Who's gonna buy that mini? <laughs> okay, you go into a room and there's a sunbathing orc there, and I've got a mini for it. <laughs> it's like, hold on, let me pull this out, and uh, yeah, here we go. This this is this. This is it, and uh, yeah. So, ah, I mean, I get it too. It's uh, like looking at that, and yeah, the sunbathing org is very confusing because it has breasts and a penis, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and also, it's like it's can an RPG. You do yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> sure, absolutely. But candidate number three is like uh, Ariel. She doesn't seem that bad, especially in comparison to like him. Uh, candidate four, which is the wet nurse from Kingdom Death. Yeah, some of these don't seem that bad, and some of them are very bad. I don't know. It was. I will say, like, look, the late eighties, early nineties. It was a wild fucking time for miniatures and whatnot. Okay, candidate number fourteen, the Minotaurs. There's nothing wrong with those. 
absolutely not. They're not weird or anything and whatever. Especially like you go down to 20, which is the bad girls. And yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, just going to toss it in the show notes and just think, hey, it's kind of weird. What do you think? And yeah, there you go. So anyway. Uh, what? What's the last thing we got? Oh, yeah. Oh, dad gum. Have we never talked about this? Look, we tried. Oh, yeah. I was even going to ask my daughter about this one. Dad gum. We've tried. Women in Wargaming. Yeah, women in Wargaming. It was just a link from Wired.com. Why are there so few women in Wargaming? Uh, <laughs> Here's the answer from two old white guys. <laughs> why is there not more diversity in war game? That is very true. It's like, well, I don't know, black guys. Like, I don't see anything. They they seem to be everywhere. And, you know, I don't know. It's, Can't get them away from a table. I know. It's like, look, okay. I went to my local shop today and uh, played some Blood Bowl, whatever, and there was a 40K tournament going on, and I mean, fuck. I'll edit that out probably, but yeah, I don't know. Is 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 it is really? What you a, need to do is is edit it out and leave in the part where you say, "I'm going to edit that out." Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, I get it. It's, That's for the Patreon folks. Yes, it's it's really a weird thing. It's like okay, ah, uh, I mean, I don't, I do not know why there are so few women in wargaming. But the reality is, yes, that is true. So I don't know what to do with that. So, yeah. Know. And again, I, I don't think that we necessarily have the answers to it. But um, anecdotally, from what I've seen, if a woman shows up for, you know, at a gaming table, people are usually nice to her and accept her and just treat her like a human being, which is kind of what. I think should be expected of everyone. Um, but the fact of the matter is they don't show up in the same numbers that men show up. So that is true. And I hope when they show up, they don't end up on RPG horror stories. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest thing. I think I really do. I think that's the, you know, the biggest thing is not ending up on that where, I mean, oh my gosh, They there's just been so many horrible, horrible things that I've read on that. I'm like, oh my gosh, if what you said is real, I feel so sorry that that happened. Yeah. I would like to apologize for my uh, gender, race, everything, because that should not happen, because that's terrible. So, but I don't know. Anyway, so... In that response, Roy says, Gatekeeping, if you feel the need to do this, then maybe cut a noob some slack. <laughs> Regardless of what they're packing, they are the new blood that keeps the hobby going. Alienating anyone will make your fun dry up and blow away. And he also says, Fuck your toxic masculinity. I agree with that, Roy. And, uh, unfortunately, I think things... I don't know, were... last time I played with Game with Roy, he was flexing in my face every time <laughs> he scored a point on me. 
He took his shirt off and was like flexing <laughs> in front of you, like, ah, you're not a real man. And he says, unfortunately, I think things will remain like this for a while, but eventually most, mostly full acceptance will come. The trick will be to keep supporting these women in any way you can until they gain full acceptance. Be part of the solution. Two exclamation points. That's very good. That's a very good point. And you can follow Roy on Twitter with Roy Toy Cowboy. There you go. At Roy Toy Cowboy. So there you go. So I don't know what he's doing. I heard he's over in like um, Arkansas. Yeah, he was here in St. Louis for just like last night, but yesterday my sister got married, so I couldn't meet up with him. He was just passing through. Come on, Rich, you could blow off your sister's wedding. There's like yeah. you have like ten sisters. It's okay. <laughs> I have one sister. <laughs> so but she wouldn't even notice. I don't she's, know. she's way under her husband. She doesn't care if I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't it's not like you were giving her away or anything. Yeah. You know, all right, I got that. All I had to do was walk my mom down the aisle. I got that far. <laughs> so, uh, I guess anyway, so if you listen to this all the way, Dadgum, I love you, and uh, thank you for listening to this all the way, because I don't know why. It's, it's a weird thing. I look at our numbers, and I'm like, okay, people seem to like this. I don't understand it. So, okay, I, I got you. And, uh, yeah, so, there you go. Uh, yeah, and, uh, here we are. We're at the end of the show. And, oh, yeah, I mean, dadgum, it's been so freaking long that I forget we actually have a closing, you know, show. You know, song. You know, it's a thing. And psalm? It's a song. Song, uh, not so, psalm. Psalm 150. <laughs> yeah. It's Ezekiel twenty five seventeen, <laughs> and uh, look, okay, look, I am getting okay. Owning a couple of motorcycles, I have thought really good about like getting uh, one particular. Uh, you know, it's like, what do you want to do for your second one? What do you want to do for a customized tag? And uh, yeah. Okay, hold on. My wife just told me yesterday that when we retire, she wants to get two motorcycles and tour. Uh, okay. That was, uh, an episode of King of the Hill. And, uh, (laughs) it was, it was. And, uh... Are you saying my wife has big feet? (laughs) Okay, I understood that. Oh, damn it. I'm trying to get this. Uh, ah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what I wanted to get for my second motorcycle as a, uh, a tag was Axe 215. <laughs> it's... This is it from the new international version. These... People are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. All right. That's in the Bible, kids. So there you it go. It is. So, uh, yeah. So it is weird. Okay. So without Roy, we're actually 30 minutes short. Dang. That's 
why we keep him around, is so we can do a good solid two hours. So, anyway. I don't know. I hope you guys, you know, like what we do, listen, and, uh, whatever. Anyway, so we'll be there in, uh, yeah, two more weeks. We'll talk, and, uh, oh yeah, there'll be a whole thing with, uh, Historic KC Fest, because I want to learn how to play, uh, what is it, the GMT, um, Civil Last War game. Yards. Oh, the, the U.S. Civil War. Yeah, yeah. The, I wanted to do that and uh, a couple more. Let's see. I don't know. Pass that, you know. I would recommend, if you're looking for something to do, I'd recommend Last 100 Yards with Mike just because he's he's fun to play his own game with. Okay. I mean, I saw that at um, Consum War Dallas, and there's going to be a tournament, right? Yes. Yeah, he's having a, a tournament. Okay. It's a uh, it's it's called Skin in the Game. It's I'm not exactly sure how it works. Since I'll be playing next war, um, but basically you you got to keep your guy alive till the end, and then there's prizes. I mean, look, I just want to hang out with Nickelodeon because I hear he is the cat's cufflinks. He is the cat's cufflinks. Yeah. I have often referred to him that way. That, look, that's all I've heard. That's all I know. And uh, yeah. So anyway, we'll talk about that more in a couple of weeks, and uh, there, and you come with me, and it's all like awkward because I'm weird. I'm like, oh my god, somebody knows me. Oh, please help me, Lord. And, Are you gonna have homemade T-shirt again? <laughs> no, I, I know. I That's don't, how people recognize you. I know. I, it's like I don't want to be seen as like mentally incompetent, like I, <laughs> like. Like I was at the um, at the uh, dice tower. <laughs> uh, it, look, it was funny right up to that point where the you lady they were gonna escort you out. Well, no, it was like the lady was like, "Oh, it, it, it's like, oh, I like your shirt." And I'm like, "Thanks, I made it myself." They're like, "Oh." And you did such a good job. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And I was like, oh, my God, she thinks I'm mentally deficient. And I was like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> so, anyway. so All right. So, it's uh, the end of the show. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. We ran into the end of the show. That just actually ran into, into another um, Radiohead song. We went from exit music to let down. So, anyway. So, uh, thank you, Richard, and, uh, yeah, see all you guys later. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.